1: What's up, guys? This is the talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesy. Joined by my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson. Dalton Miller not with us. Uh, he could not stand to join the podcast after that disgusting performance that the Cowboys put on display uh, last week against Kansas City. So it'll just be me and Cole tonight to hold it down with you guys. Uh, we're going to preview the Thanksgiving Day game against the Raiders Um, seeing as that's just, uh, just a few days away. Um, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be about 24 hours away. Uh, Thanksgiving day is always a tradition with the Cowboys. They they play every Thanksgiving. And recently we haven't gotten the best performances from the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. So we're hoping we can uh, change some of that luck and come out and, and, and play well as we're, we're gonna be all with the family, enjoying good food, hanging out all day, not doing a whole lot of work. So we just hope that the Cowboys can hold it down for us and and give us something to be happy about as long uh, as well as all the family, friends, and, and uh, food we're gonna be around. But before we get to that, Cole, uh, how you doing? You ready for Thanksgiving?
2: Yeah, man. Uh, I'm doing all right. Thanksgiving is going to be either a... Well, it's going to be stressful either way, but it's either going to be really, really good or really bad because obviously you got the Cowboys playing. Um, Mississippi State plays Ole Miss in football that night. got the Mississippi State basketball team playing Louisville as well. Um, so there's a lot of sports going on that I'm heavily invested in. So it's either going to go really well, really bad. There's probably going to be a lot of... Uh, Food eaten, a lot of alcohol, drink, but, you know, I'm I'm ready for it. It's going to be nice being with family. Um, But, yeah, like you said, hopefully the Cowboys hold up their end of the deal. Last two years have not been fun. Um, But, you know, if things go their way, it should be be a good day, you know. Uh, uh, I'm feeling a little bit better about this game than it was last game. Yeah, and and obviously the Cowboys
1: lost uh, another ugly one uh, against the Chiefs last week, 19-9, 10-point loss on the road in Kansas City. Obviously, they're missing a good chunk of their roster, you know, of of their starters, really, with Tyron Smith not playing, Amari Cooper not playing, CeeDee Lamb going out right right at halftime. Um, You know, that's not even really talking about, you know, Connor McGovern getting his first start um, at left guard.
2: yeah what did you real quick what did you think about that make it mean it may not matter either way but what did you think about making a change like that when you're going up against a guy like chris jones
1: i mean i I just i don't think connor williams has been bad this year like the penalties have you know he's had he's had one or two too many you know again he's averaging a little bit more than a penalty a game which obviously is too many but you kind of would you rather have a two penalties a game or have Chris Jones in the, and again, I'm not saying Connor Williams is going to sit there and stonewall Chris Jones, but like, I think you kind of got, is,
2: but you also don't want to make a change like that. And, right. the first- and,
1: and again, like we've seen Connor Williams block Aaron Donald up pretty well yeah. over the years. We've seen Connor Williams block really good interior guys up over the years. You know, it's yeah. not like, I don't know, man, like obviously
2: it's not new territory for him, but it's completely new territory for me. Him right. Himself.
1: Right, and it's just I don't know. Like Connor Williams is playing. I thought he was playing well. I mean, obviously the penalties were an issue. You gotta, you gotta include that into the evaluation. But I thought Connor Williams was playing good football. Um, and I just don't think it's a coincidence that your offensive line played probably the worst game I can remember in recent memory. Um, with, I mean, again, and it's it, you know, you had your Mel- Melvin Ingram applied some pressure, Frank Clark. Had a sack and applied some pressure, but like most of the dominant defensive line play came from Jerron Reed and Chris Jones, and it was lined up majorly, majorly over Connor Mcgovern. I mean, obviously we saw Zach Martin get beat, you know, once or twice. That's just kind of the nature of the beast at that point. But Connor Mcgovern got his ass kicked, and and. That had a big reason, and I think, of why your offense struggled. And Not saying that Connor Williams was going to step in and just absolutely shut that down, but I think he would have played significantly better than what McGovern did against a good defensive lineman.
2: Mm-hmm. It just, yeah. I mean, it may not matter, but just making that kind of change, that drastic change when you're going up against I mean, probably the second-best interior tackle in the NFL. It's kind, of, it's kind of a bold move, but I do wonder... I want to say I saw it on Twitter. I can't remember who even brought up the theory, the point, whatever. I do wonder if they did it against, um, you know, Chiefs because they're an AFC team. you got an AFC team on Thanksgiving. They're trying to get his feet wet before more crucial games or, or what the matter was. But uh, it, it definitely wasn't pretty. And it, it's definitely paused for concern for Thursday if Tyron is not. It looks like he's going to be able to go. I'm sure we'll get into that. But if he's not able to go, it kind of gives you some worry.
1: Yeah, and I mean, thankfully, like the Raiders. We'll get into this a little bit, but like the Raiders' interior guys, you know, aren't great. They're kind of more now. Their edge rushers are. They got Yannick Ngokwe and and Max Crosby, who are two really good edge rushers. So that gives me some some cause for concern. And we'll get into that. But yeah, I mean, I just kind of. I guess we'll we'll kind of wrap up our thoughts on this Chiefs game. We're not going to talk about it too much because it's you know it's it's a little bit in the the rear view at this point. That. But it's just for me, it's like. It's hard. F- I, I I hate to ride the fence on it because I don't like to ride the fence, but I can't ignore that Chiefs game like a lot of people are doing because of the same Denver game, ha- like the same yeah. thing happened two games before against the Broncos. So like as much as I want to chalk it up to the injuries, as much as I want to kind of just be like ah oh, that was just an off game, a lot of the same issues cropped up a week you know uh, the week before that game. And I think that's what has me a little bit hesitant to sit here and just totally buy in on this team being a, a dominant team. And and there's not really that dominant team in the NFL this year. So you can say the Cowboys are still one of the the top candidates to, you know, make the playoffs and, and possibly reach the Super Bowl. But it's just, it's, it's tough. I said it on Twitter and, and I've said it talking to a few people, you know, texting and, you know, direct messages, all of that. Like, I just don't, like, this offense is great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not. But they don't have the, like, bully mentality on offense that they're starting to have on defense. Like, they don't have that J. Ron Curse type of force. They don't have that Micah Parsons type of force. They have good players. But when those good players get punched in the mouth, they're screwed. And that's kind of been the, like, we talk about the blueprint. The blueprint is be physical and dominate those guys early and they kind of shrivel up in their turtle shell and and disappear and that that's an issue I think
2: yeah it's weird because like you said they don't play with the same swagger same mentality the defense does Jaron Kerr smack Parsons kind of set the tone on the defense and it's not like they don't have any guys like that in offense that you think could do that you think Dak would be able to do that you think C D kind of has that personality. Zeke's had that personality, but for whatever reason, you're right. They don't have the bully mentality. They, um, I don't but know. Like, I don't know what the word it, I'm looking it, for. It's kind of they, like they shrink in their – I want to say they shrink all the time, in big games, because we've seen them show up. But two times in the past three weeks, it's definitely. A, it's, I don't know if it's a trend, but it's definitely. Uh, makes you makes you worry for sure. But like for me, like,
1: and this is a horrible way to describe what I'm thinking because I shouldn't describe it this way, but I'm going to. <laughs> Like, like, even, like, CeeDee Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, like, none of those guys are going to punch somebody in their face. You know what I'm saying? Like, if there's, like, if there's like beef on the sideline, like, J. Ron Curse will straight up knock your ass out. Like,
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: Michael Parsons is going to yoke your ass up, but, like, CeeDee Lamb's they probably just going to wave at you awkwardly. You know, like, to, you know. Yeah,
2: no, obviously. I know you're saying.
1: But, like, there's no one on that offense. Like, Des used to be that way. Des used to want to fight you. And, like, I felt like no one on all—even Dak. Like, I love Dak. He's yeah. my favorite player. He's not the type of dude who's going to, like, get in a pushing match on the sideline. Like, he might get in your yeah. face a little bit and give you the LFG type of deal. But, like, he's there's nobody on that offense that, if there's beef on the sideline, that's going to, like— I mean, again, we talk maybe the Lyle Collins and Zach Martins of the world, but I'm just talking about like skill players. Like, I feel like you're lacking that, that Des Bryant type of attitude on that offense. It's just not going to let you get manhandled. It's, it's, it's not going to happen on on my watch. I feel like you got, it's like you're, you got like finesse players. I guess that's the best way to describe it on offense. And then your defense is like, the best way I can describe it is in like baseball terms, where like, Mm -hmm your defense is like your Juco guys, your junior college guys who are yeah. like gritty underdog, like junkyard dog. Like they don't, yeah, they might not the do it the sexy stuff. way, but like they're like they the kind of slimy, kind of like doing it the wrong way, but they get the job done and they're, they're like, you don't want to see them in the parking lot. And then the <laughs> offense is like the D1 baseball team who like is super <laughs> preppy and like not scary, but yeah. they're better than the the junkyard Juco bandit guy. But if they do get punched in the mouth, they kind of shrivel up and they're like, "Okay, like we'll get our ass kicked today and come back tomorrow." And it's like we can't
2: do that. And It's weird, cause like you said. We've it's, the offense is supposed to be the strength of the team too. Like you know, like the offense is supposed to be what makes the Cowboys a championship contender. And it's weird. I know, I know the defense played great against Denver, but I mean. I feel like for the most part they did, especially in the you know first half. It was only a sixteen point deficit, and it felt like like a forty point deficit. For the most part, they've played pretty well. They've played. They've given the the offense opportunities to get their feet underneath them after the slow starts. And like you say, well, for whatever reason, if it's because they don't have a guy that'll get in your face, just because um, they are out of sync, whatever the case is, injuries, whatever you want to blame it on, for whatever reason, the offense has looked like a disaster the last two of the last three weeks. And even against Atlanta, they looked great. But, I mean, they had to convert a fourth down conversion or two in that first drive. Right. If they don't convert it, what happens after that? Do they right. shrink? Do they go oh, not? This is exactly over again. You know, it's, uh, uh, like you said, we're not jumping off the offensive bit bandwagon by any means, but it's definitely, like, gives you, it makes you pause. Like, hey, right. can this get over hump? Can yeah. they be And I guess for me, it's just like, I feel like a lot has
1: changed and I don't know if it's, maybe it's just my brain thinking this way or what, but like, I feel like ever since Minnesota, like every, actually I take that back ever since Dak got hurt, it's like they've completely, you know, like he had the, he had the, uh, touchdown against the Falcons where he ran, or the was the two point, I can't remember. It was two point conversion against the Broncos, and I think he scored a touchdown late in the game where he ran over the guy, and like it was like a big deal. Like Jerry was like, "We're not going to do that anymore." Mike was like, "We don't want to do that anymore." It's just I, like something I don't know. Like I, I just like the motion at the 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 mo the pre snap motion numbers came out today. They're like the last. Yeah, I saw
2: that.
1: They're thirty first mm-hmm. in the NFL in pre snap motion. Um, you know, they're playing and and like, that's what people were saying. It's like, well, you're not going to do as much motion when you're playing with, you know, all this pace. And I'm like, well, pace doesn't equal success. Like if you're moving fast, but moving inefficiently, like stop moving fast. Like that's, if you're not, if you're, if you're, if you're going on week seven as being the worst running team in the league, maybe slow the pace down a little bit. And have some pre snap motion and maybe cause some confusion for defenses and stop just trying to be the quick team because that doesn't necessarily mean you're you're doing what's right. Um, so I don't know. Just see like once a once I say one to five times a game over the last three weeks, I've been like, this looks like Jason Garrett's offense. Like it's yes. run on first down screen. It's run on first down play action bootleg for a gain of two. It's yeah,
2: I didn't get the Kansas City game plan. Um, yeah, obviously, obviously, Dak didn't play great. Um, but, I mean, even take that away. I get the offensive line really never dictated a line of scrimmage. But it's just weird. It's like, I, don't, I, I think you may have tweeted something. I can't remember who it was. But just saying how, like, it's like they, oh, no. They kind of got in a show once they, they did things. And they even brought is how they were successful, you know, doing misdirection runs and they just spot away from it and, like, got in a shell and, you know, we're willing to settle for field goals when it didn't make sense because field goals were never going to win that game. As well as the defense played, you need to score touchdowns in, in Kansas City and Arrowhead Stadium. It's like they didn't want to do what they were good at. And, uh, like you said, the first down runs, just some of the play calling, putting Dak in some weird situations. It's just – I don't know. From the – I mean – I guess the first play it looked like it would have worked if Dak was accurate. But other than that, other than the trick play they had with the you know the Tony Pollard fake reverse, whatever, it just seemed like they were so out of sync and the uh, the game plan was never in rhythm at any point at all. And it's just like Dak kind of had to wile them down the field in the second half. Yeah, uh, it, it was just it was just an ugly game to watch. Yeah, and, and they you
1: know in the passing game they completely ignored the middle of the field, which is something mm. they've kind of attacked. Um more in, in recent success. Um and then like I said, like they ran the ball in first down a ton. They they threw the ball behind the line of scrimmage, you know, more, pretty much more than they did past the line of scrimmage. So it was just weird, man. I was like, I don't know. It, it, and like I said, like if it was if that was like your Denver game, I'd be like, okay, you know, they just tough environment. Like they might have turtled up a little bit, but like that's twice in three weeks, and nice. like you said, like the Atlanta game, it's not like they came out and just like punched them. It in the good, mouth.
2: Like it was similar to the Denver game. It looked like yeah. like the Denver game. They started out really well in that first drive, and then they got to the fourth down and it couldn't convert, and everything right. fell apart. And if they don't get that fourth, I mean, obviously they did. Everything worked out fine, but if they didn't get the first down, who knows what would have happened? Uh, it's just it's something to keep an eye on for sure, especially if that trend continues on Thursday
1: yeah and I, I mean again, like we're not gonna sit here and kill them because we still think they're a good football team, but it's just I don't know there's there's some patterns starting to develop here, you know, Jerry comes on the radio today and and you know or yesterday I should say, and mentions how they were coming in wanting to run the ball sixty percent of the time, and it's like why what are we doing like why are we you're if you run the ball sixty percent of the time against Kansas City, you're gonna lose. Like, that's just what's going to happen unless you get up big and then, you know, you you run at the end of the game. But if you go into the game trying to what run the do. ball against a high-powered offense, you're going to eat up clock or have unsuccessful plays like they did and not be able to convert on third down like they did. So it's like they kind of did their game plan, except it didn't work anywhere close to where they thought it was going to be. So then they just kept getting themselves in third downs. And like you know, obviously they threw it more than they passed, but it's because they got into a lot of third downs. Like they were on a third down on almost every single series. So yeah, you know they had tons they, of three outs. It was just it was weird. And then like he comes on the radio and it, he almost like doubles down. I was like, yeah, that's what we we're trying to do. We we're trying to run it a lot. And it's like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> do you
2: think they underestimated the Chiefs' defense? because of the game plan, because of putting McGovern in and all that kind of stuff. I mean, even, like, Chris Jones talking after the game, he was like, yeah, we expected the Cowboys offense to, you know, score a lot of points. We thought it was going to be back and forth and all of that. And, obviously, that never happened. Do you think they kind of underestimated it just because you think of the – I mean, obviously, they watched tape. Obviously, they know Chris Jones. But it seems with the game plan, is, everything else, just making the – Personnel change in the interior when you're going up against Chris Jones. It's, when you put all of it together, it's almost like they kind of overlooked it or didn't really. Maybe it's because an AFC team, they're willing to take a chance and whatever, but it's just, it's, there's a lot of head scratching for me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I
1: definitely agree. I, 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 I almost I think my. I guess after watching everything, watching it over. Gathering as much information from hearing people talk and the numbers are out there. I almost just, I'm almost to the point where I don't think this team cares at all about getting the number one seed and just hopes they make the playoffs and hopes everything clicks then, which is, I think, a terrible way to go about it. But like they held Dak out in a game that they, you know, did pretty much they said they think he could have played in. They've held Tyron out. I think they hold ty- they held Tyron out last week when they thought he could have played, so like they're holding these players off of IR probably a week or two later yeah. than they need to, so it's just like I don't think this team's chomping at the bit to get the number one seed, which I think is the wrong way to carry about it, so maybe they're like, yeah, you know what? We can play like shit against the Denver Broncos. They're an AFC team. We can play like shit against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're an AFC team, but we need to put all our, our best game plan and foot forward against these NFC teams and really just try to get into the playoffs. So maybe that's their thought process, which I don't think is a great one, but I mean, they're, they've lost three games. One of them was a close game against the NFC team where we didn't have a lot of complaints about the way they played. And the other two were just absolute, they shit the bed against AFC teams. So it's almost, I wonder if they're like, hey, let's not give anything away against these AFC opponents. It's not going to mean much as far as our, you know, as long as we beat these NFC teams, we'll make the playoffs, and we might not be the number one seed, but we'll get in the playoffs. So I have no clue, man. It's it's very, very, very interesting.
0: (laughs) Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all,
1: it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas.
2: The bold strategy, they're dangerously close to playing, um... That, I guess the NFC West runner-up in that first-round matchup, and that's not they're, good. I mean, they're
1: dangerously close to not being a NFC East champion with the uh, way... I was
2: about to bring that up, too. I mean, I wouldn't go that far just yet, but I mean, the way Philly's playing and the way their schedule lines up, I mean, it's not a real impossibility if they don't get their stuff together.
1: Yep, not at all. I mean, like I said, we're, we're probably a couple weeks away from really, really getting, you know, having that discussion and worrying about it, but they're... Mm-hmm. You know, two technically two no. and a half games behind, playing some of the best football in the league, and they play pretty much. I think they literally have the easiest schedule left. Um, to,
2: yeah,
1: so uh, they, they getting, keep yeah. an eye on. <laughs> yeah, and I mean yes. again, like you know, the Cowboys have another AFC game this week against the. Las Vegas Raiders, so maybe they can debunk our uh, wild theories this week. Um, but And let's get into that. We spent too much time on this Kansas City game anyways. We didn't really yeah. like the way the, – we love the way the defense played. Um, they adjusted well. They played really well. But on offense, it's, it's a lot of question marks right now. So hopefully they can correct that uh, this week against a Vegas team that's uh, spiraling downhill. You know, the Chiefs were – Chiefs were on to come up. They're playing better football. Um, their defense is playing better football. Their offense really didn't look that great last week, but uh, defense is playing a lot better in Kansas City. But Las Vegas is struggling right now. You know, they've had a lot going on this year with with John Gruden and Henry Ruggs and all just everything, all the off-the-field drama that's gone on with them. It seems to have finally kind of caught up with them. Um, and while they're still, you know, they're they're not playing well, they're still in the thick of things. Um, In the AFC, so they're kind of in a desperate scenario right now where they need a win. But, I mean, the one thing I'm paying attention to right now, and I know you are too, is this injury report. Um, You know, the Cowboys still have a lot of guys banged up. Um, Ezekiel Elliott did practice. uh, He was a full participant in practice today, which makes it sound like he'll be good to play uh, Thursday. Um, Tristan Hill is on the injury report, but he is practicing in full, so it looks like he'll be fine. CD Lamb has not practiced yet this week with a concussion, but Jerry Jones did say on the radio today that they feel good about him playing Thursday, which I don't really believe because yeah. of what they've done with injuries all year. But truthfully, they,
2: uh, um, it just been a concussion on a short week too. It just, yeah. Yeah. And, and kinda, again, like get some muddy waters there.
1: Right. Right. And I mean, again, like I, I, I know if he didn't have symptoms on Monday, he kind of started the protocol and they made it seem like he had started the protocol. Um, so it's really tomorrow, be you know Wednesday when this podcast comes out. If he practices on Wednesday, um, and then obviously he can't experience symptoms after practicing. But if he practices it all on Wednesday, you probably have a sense that he's he's going to be okay. So it'll be huge to kind of see what he does. But Tyron Smith did practice in full on Tuesday um cedric wilson's a full participant on tuesday donovan wilson has already been ruled out and it sucks for him because he's a good player but he just can't stay healthy at all and then uh Nashawn wright's been a full participant so Nation wright should be back he was uh, in a in uh inactive last week because of a hamstring injury um and then kelvin joseph didn't play against the chiefs because of a personal matter he's back with the team and practicing so should get Nation wright and kelvin joseph back it looks like you're gonna get Tyron Smith back, but how do you feel about um, so how do you feel about CeeDee Lamb? And then how do you feel about Ezekiel Elliott? Do you think both of those guys are gonna play?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think Zeke's definitely gonna play. I think it's you know, uh, worth you know, worth keeping an eye on how much he plays, what kind of role he has in the game, if he's an every down back, if they kinda get Pollard more involved. Um, obviously for the You know, second my fantasy team, I would like Zeke to get all the carries, but you know, like you said, they've kind of been careful with injuries, so it does seem reason to believe they get Pollard a little bit more involved, if not, you know, give him the majority of the snaps or carries, whatever the case is, but you know, Zeke, Zeke, uh, he's a tough guy, he plays through injury, um, so we'll see there, I'm not too worried about him, but it is something to keep an eye on, Um CD Lamb,
1: real, I don't know. Real, real quick, yeah. Real quick, I ju- I just saw this on Twitter, um, which obviously okay. you're probably not gonna, you know, here. You guys are listening to this on Wednesday. We're recording this on Tuesday, but um, Jesus Flores, buddy of mine on Twitter, just tweeted Brian Brodus says on 105.3 the fan that the Cowboys wide receiver CD Lamb will practice on Wednesday, and if all goes well, he will play on Thursday. So wow. hey, maybe that, yeah. Um, I mean, again, I think if he does practice tomorrow, great. But it really does depend on how he does after the practice because he has to, yeah. he has to then pass more protocols after he practices. He hasn't, he can't go back and experience any, you know, dizziness or nausea or anything like that. So that'll be huge. But I didn't mean to cut you off. I just did want to throw that in there before you got oh, you're good. to Mr. Lamb.
2: Yeah, I'm glad he cut me off because that's you know, like you said, significant news. Um, yeah, I mean concussions are just so tricky you know like um never want to mess with head injuries especially now but i mean cd i mean he, if it was up to him he would have gotten back in that game against the chiefs he was kind of talking to the trainers telling Dak, oh no i'm fine uh, i'm good to go obviously they couldn't allow that to happen but even Dak after the game said cd's fine um cd himself is you know everybody, by all accounts is fine obviously he's practicing so those are all good signs but like you said we kind of have to see him go through a practice and see how he feels afterwards Uh, from a football perspective. If he is fine, if he is good to go, if he's cleared, uh, all of that, that's, that's huge for the Cowboys, especially when you throw in Tyron Smith looking to be on track. Um, That's two huge pieces that you did not have in that second half. Obviously Tyron did not play at all, but CD missing that second half, the offense couldn't get anything going. We kind of saw how, Cedric Wilson and Noah Brown would perform with elevated roles. Obviously, they did play well during Michael Gallup's absence, but there's a whole different thing when you're the you're number two, number three guys. Uh, obviously, Amari didn't play. I would be very nervous if Dallas goes into this game without C.D. Lamb, um, considering they don't have Amari Cooper. They do have a home game. It is a home, so you know maybe you said, and maybe Noah perform a little bit better back at at t Stadium, but Things didn't look well, and like we'll get into, the Raiders do have a really good pass rush. Um, got a stud safety as well. They got they got some talent on the defensive side. But as far as C.D. Lamb and Tyron Smith go, that will be a huge boost to the offense. And we'll lock down that blind side for Dak Prescott with Smith in there. You'll get Leo Collins on that right side, obviously. Uh, maybe we can get some, you know, get the offensive line to jail. We made that change with McGovern. We haven't had Tyron for the last three games. so Allow them to get some reps together would be pretty big, Uh, and C.D. Lamb's obviously, you know, C.D. Lamb, he's kind of the go-to receiver this season. It appears like he's emerging as the guy for Dak down the field. He's a a big-time threat all over the field, which is big for Dallas. I think that's going to be huge for Dak, just kind of getting his confidence back, getting back into a rhythm. If he can't go, obviously that would be a huge thing, but if he's practicing, then they obviously feel good about where things stand right now.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, I think you kind of mentioned it, but I mean, I think with the Raiders, especially just on defense, is you really got to focus in on Max Crosby and Yannick and Gawkway. Um, You know, Jonathan Abrams is a big name, but I don't think he's a good player, especially in coverage. So if you can target him in coverage, and again, you don't really have the tight end that really will give him fits. You know, he's the guy who kind of covers in on tight ends. He doesn't cover... Uh, the deeper third, just in zone a whole lot. He's, you know, he does get man coverage reps against uh, tight ends and at times the the bigger slot receivers. So you really won't have him in many situations to exploit him in coverage. I don't think, unless, I mean, again, like Dalton Schultz isn't an athletic freak and they don't really have that big athletic tight end there can really give him problems. But you know, the the they have a young corner, Nate Hobbs, playing really well. Uh, for the Raiders, and he's been he's been their number one corner. I think Casey Hayward's a good player as well. Um, but uh, guys, you can still beat. You know, like I mean, Kansas City doesn't have stud corners by any means either, but they have some young guys who who have been playing um, pretty good football. But I feel like you're, you're you're downgrading. You know, the Raiders' defense has better overall edge rushers and Max Crosby and Yannick and Ngakwe. Um, But, you know, obviously Quentin Jefferson and Jonathan Hankins are nowhere near the the force that Chris Jones and uh, Jaron Reed are. Um, And then you're you're dealing with weaker players at linebacker as well with Corey Littleton and Denzel Perryman and, um, you know, uh, K.J. Wright, guy that was kind of rumored to the Cowboys. Some like those are guys you should be able to exploit in coverage. You should be able to exploit in the running game. I, again, if the offense is kind of stumbling over itself again this week, we're gonna have some some serious questions, I think, because you know they've done it two of the last three weeks. They they showed signs of not looking great against Atlanta before really getting it together and rolling. Um, but I mean, again, like this is another matchup where it's just yeah, it, it sucks you're missing Amari Cooper. It does. I I get it. He's a big player, but like. Is a play, and again, like I put a lot of this on Kellen Moore. Like, yeah, you can't have everything perfect. You know, we, 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 we I, I've been pretty aggressive on Twitter recently just because I feel like we're, we can't do the thing where, oh, we like Kellen Moore and Mike McCarthy more than Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan, so we can't criticize them. Like, that'll yeah. never be what I do. I will criticize what I think worth being criticized whether people agree with it or not. I don't have any bias towards it. Well, I do. I shouldn't say that. I do have bias towards people, but I'll criticize Dak when he's not playing well. I'll criticize CD when he's not playing well. Like, I'll do that. Like, I I don't mind doing that. Their guys are going to struggle. So, like, when I don't think Kellen Moore's play calling and game plan is very good, I'm going to say it, and people might get pissed off that I don't think that he's the next coming of Christ. But, again, if you can't go out and beat the Raiders, even if you are a missing Mari Cooper I think even if you are missing Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, it's going to be tough. Don't get me wrong, but if you're this genius play caller, like we we talk about him as at times, and you have a quarterback who, you know, ninety percent of his career plays like an elite guy, and your offensive line is back at full strength, like you should be able to still put up points against this Raiders defense. You should, um, and it's up to Kellen Moore to to give. Connor McGovern some help. It's up to that's something I don't think he's done a great job of with Terrence Steele in there at times and Connor McGovern at times he he's been he's had some Scott Linehan moments where he's kind of stuck those guys out on an island and hasn't given them help in the passing game and that leads to your quarterback getting pressured a lot. So I get it. This game there's, uh, was a,
2: gave me shades at that Falcons game a couple years ago where they just left Shaz Green on an island against um, yeah what's his name, guy his name's Slick, adrian I'm claiborne up. yeah 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 adrian claiborne he sat his way had a record number of, sna- of sacks in that game um obviously chris jones we know who he is but even he had more sacks in that game than he had coming into the coming into the game all season uh, but you're right i mean it's kind of weird how they're it seems like they're not making as many adjustments as they were earlier in the season maybe it's just you know, uh, kind of saying that because they're not scoring at a high clip, but maybe that's because they're not scoring at a higher clip like they were. It's because they're not making these adjustments. Because they're not giving their guys help. Um, I would like to see more creativity. Right. Uh, if they can't, like you said, if, if they can't score this week, if, if there's still more problems. Um, every, I mean, people need everybody needs to be held accountable. Um, I'm the biggest Dak Prescott fan in the world, but he needs to up his game as well. I'm not going to put everything on him, but he hasn't looked great the two of the last three games. This is an opportunity for him to get back on track on the national stage. That MVP is still, you know, still out there. The, like I said, number one seed, still still out there as well. And um, We'll see how how serious they are go- going about that. Um, but yeah, this offense is going to have opportunities. Like I said, they don't have the freakish athletic tight end that the Raiders do, but they do have Schultz who can beat you in the middle of the field. Abram's a guy who, who loves to be aggressive, so they can take advantage of that. Um, if C.D. plays, I don't really see them having anybody that can cover C.D. Michael Gallup's your deep there on the other side. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I think this is a game where the offense should be able to get right. Yeah, and I'm going to be honest with you.
1: I'm a big Michael yep. Gallup fan. I like what he's done in his career in Dallas. But his two real opportunities to step up and be – You know, Um, with you you know, right? Like it happened last week against the Chiefs where Amari wasn't playing, and then CD went down, and then happened. uh, Was it the Jets game a few years ago where I think Amari got hurt, and it was just pretty much Gallup and the 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 backup guys out there, and he didn't really step up to the challenge. And it's like as much as I'd love to have Gallup back next year, like if you want fifteen million dollars or whatever that number is, Mm -hmm. like. You can't be a compliment receiver. And that, that's kind that's of definitely. what what I've gotten into the point with him as is like he's a really, really, really good, you know, like he's your definition of a wide receiver too. Like he's, yeah. I think he's got great compliment. Right. Like we've gotten to the point with him where like for a while we were calling him, oh, the Cowboys got three wide receiver ones. I haven't, you know, we've seen Gallup really take advantage of, of some matchups when he is that third receiver. And, again, he's done it some when he's been that wide receiver too as well. But anytime yeah. he's had that game where he's had to step up and play like the, the number one receiver, it seems like that all, the offense has bad games. So, you yeah, know,
2: yeah, just, he's just... kind of made the point, I believe it was Broadus, made the point um, on the fan that, you know, CD's a guy that can beat you one-on-one. Amari's a guy that can beat you one-on-one. But... Um, Gallup isn't a guy and that's kind of what you saw in that second half is they didn't have a guy that could beat anybody one-on-one um, and the offense as a result struggled mightily. He's he's a guy that like you said, we, I mean he's a fan favorite here. Everybody loves him. He's a guy that Dak obviously trusts and um, has a great connection with on the field. He's the guy that can you know, stretch the field vertically. He's a deep threat. He's He's always going to be able to be a threat to make a big play but you're right if he's relied on if he's the guy that the defense has a game plan for if he's the focus of the offense we've seen that twice now um at least if cd plays he's at very least going to be you know the wide receiver two and be relied on heavily again if he doesn't play he's going to be back in that same situation as that wide receiver one and things haven't worked out that great so you're right i mean it's not great for him he's already missed um you know, pretty much half the season going into a con, going to a new contract year. So I mean, it's it's kind of complicates things for him this off season. It, this game and just moving forward, he he definitely needs to step up for this offense. All right, let's go ahead and wrap everything up. Let's give a give yourself
1: give a prediction um, score and maybe a a player two, their player or two that you think has a big impact on on everything.
2: Uh, I've not looked at the spread of this game, but I'm going to assume I think it,
1: it, it opened was. at like 7.
2: 7? Oh, it's that big?
1: Yeah, it was okay. big. I don't know that it still is, but it, I think it was Monday uh, I saw where it opened
2: at like 7. Interesting. Well, the Raiders do have some firepower that does you know, at least give me some concern. Obviously, you don't have that vertical threat anymore with um, Ruggs, but they did sign Deshaun Jackson that he had that weird play, whatever. Was that against the Chiefs where he caught it and like, got stripped or whatever? I don't even know. But uh, but they still got some guys on, on their team that can beat you. You know? uh, Darren Waller is like, an athletic freak. There's nobody like him in the NFL. He's just a different kind of animal, a tight end. Derek Clark played well for the majority of the season. Uh, I, I like Josh Jacobs, I like Kenny and Drake. I, I think they have guys that can beat you offensively. But this, the way this defense has played... Um, like you said, like we talked about earlier, they just have some dogs on their defense that I think is going to play really well. Um, you know, it seems like the whole team is pretty pissed off about Sunday, so I think they, they're going to come off firing um, defensively. As far as the offense, co- kind of already discussed it. This is an opportunity for them to get right, to get back on track, with or without CD Lamb. Um, I'm under the impression CD Lamb will play if he's going to be practicing, so that's what my prediction is based off of. I'll, I'll say Dallas gets what the win. I'll say 31. uh, I guess I'll go right on the spread. You know, 31-24 type game. I think they do get the win. The offense plays well. uh, Gets back, you know, in a groove before that Saints game against that Saints defense. Um, Player to watch. I'll say Dalton Schultz. You kind of made the point earlier how they didn't attack the middle of the field against Kansas City. Hopefully, Kellen kind of sees, hey, we need to make that adjustment. Adjustment, excuse me. So let's attack the middle of the field. And Schultz is a guy that can take advantage of that. Kind of already discussed, um, you know, the aggressive nature of Abram. He's not very good in coverage. He's a guy that likes to take chances, chances, and it doesn't usually work out well for the Raiders. I, I said they win 31-24. Dachau's a good game. It's not, you know, a blowout. It's not a beautiful win, but it's a game that they need to get back on track. And I think they play play well for the most part.
1: I'm going to go with a 27-21 win um, for the Cowboys. And like kind of like you said, I don't think it's – I think they're still going to – we're going to be coming on here next week. And I'm sure Dalton will be back on, and, and we'll be fighting, fighting with him because we'll have some <laughs> questions about this offense. and yeah. You know, and again, like, I understand it. Like, you you obviously got to expect some of that when you are missing players. But like we've said with the quarterback and like we said with Jason Garrett and Scott Linehan for years, like, if everything's got to be perfect for you to be successful, then what are you? Um, Yeah. And again, that's all. I just, that's what I want to see. I want to see, you know, and we saw it in Minnesota. We've seen it with, I'm not saying we haven't seen it, but I want to see it more. I want to see it again. I want to. I want to see yeah. it consistently. I want to see this coaching staff do something with some consistency. Whether it's fourth down decision makings, whether it's using your timeouts to try to get like do, just show some consistency in that. And, and again, I think this is the the, the game to do it. Um, so I think they there's some clunkiness there. You know, there's they're still battling out with some banged up receivers. I know Wilson's still banged up. CD's still a little banged up, Gallup's still working back from the injury. So, you know, they're they're not healthy there, so it might be a little ugly um to start, but I just think that the these corners, uh, the linebackers, you know, outside of Trayvon Morey get safety. I don't think these guys can cover all that well. So I think this is the the game where Kellen Moore get in your bag and and free up some of these guys and some route concepts. Get these guys open, like scheme some of these guys open. Um, And I think the player to to watch this game is going to be Tony Pollard. Um, He's had some big plays over the last few weeks, but uh, against this linebacking core that's Denzel Perryman, Corey Littleton, K.J. Wright, guys who really aren't known for being super athletic, fast linebackers, I want Tony Pollard in space against those guys because more than likely he's going to make those guys miss. He's going to get through. He's going to break a tackle he's going to do that so I think it's a Tony Pollard week I think I'd like to see him you know maybe get Mandan coverage uh, on Jonathan Abram whether it's flexing him out to the slot forcing Abram to cover Tony Pollard forcing those linebackers to tackle Tony Pollard I think is a recipe for success for the Cowboys Um, I think running that the wide zone the the outside zone the outside pitches all that with Tony Pollard is a good idea um as aggressive as Ngakwe and in, in Max Crosby are getting up field as pass rushers I'd like to see that ball going outside um you know let them get up the field and go right past them that'll that'll turn that'll tone their pass rush down as if you're if you're putting pressure on them to to respect their outside runs and and, and again that was something the Cowboys didn't do well last week against Kansas City um Chris Jones, Melvin Ingram, Frank Clark, they were just able to rush up the field because all of the runs were straight to the center's ass. There was nothing outside at all. So... When you just run the ball along the interior, those edge rushers don't have to be patient. They don't have to think. They can just get up the field and crash downhill as they get into the pocket. Um, so for me, I, I'd try to get the, the outside zone stuff working. i try to pitch that ball outside. i do some misdirection work. I'd, I'd maybe incorporate some of the, the jet sweeps and reverses like we've seen them do every once in a while and really put pressure on those defensive ends to, to respect that outside run game and – might be a might be a game where Tony Pollard gets seven eight receptions. I wouldn't be it. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Pollard leads your team in in total yards. Um, you know, given he might have you know sixty seventy receiving yards and sixty seventy rushing yards, he could have one hundred and forty uh, all purpose yards, and I think he could have a really big game, especially with Zeke being banged up. So I think a twenty seven twenty one win. Um, with Cowboys still some questions after this one, but. Given that they're still banged up, Tyron Smith hopefully playing, but still a little banged up. Amari Cooper not there. I feel like we kind of come out of this game feeling a little bit better about this team heading into the Saints game and down this home stretch uh, looking to secure a playoff game.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it would be nice for the offense to get back in a groove. And, you know, as a Tony Pollard fan myself, I like for him to get more touches, get more involved. And you made some good points. This is the game where he can really take advantage of him. And- Moore gives him the ball. I think he can really eat against that defense. But yeah, I mean, if Dallas needs to get back on track before that game against New Orleans and uh get things rolling again.
1: Yeah, they they need to get their running game going before they go to New Orleans because like yeah. uh like the Eagles showed us last week, is you can run the ball on the Saints if if you stick to it. And, and again, like I'm one hundred percent not the you know, established the run guy, but you know, the Saints defense, nice to have I don't...
0: Of
2: it.
1: Right, right. It's nice to have a threat of it, it's nice not to be the worst running team in the NFL. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Like, I don't very want you true. to run it a lot, but I want you, when you do run it, it to be effective. And so far, yeah. it hasn't been very effective recently. So, um, hopefully, they will get some of this stuff figured out, go into, go into a Thanksgiving Gay game, give the Cowboys fans a lot to get excited about, and... Um, we don't have too many of these regular season games left. It's it's been a quick year, and again, we we feel good about the Cowboys getting into the playoffs. But a couple weeks ago, we thought it was a guarantee, and now we're kind of not saying we're, we're pressing being, the brakes uh, on that yet. But we're getting a little we're looking we're yeah. looking behind our over our shoulder a little bit <laughs> and wondering who's creeping up on us.
2: Yeah, went from being a one seed contender to you know still are, but like you said, looking over your back and. After to win a couple games. It's uh, so a yep. good opportunity to get back on track this week.
1: Absolutely. But um, we will be back next week, and we'll probably do another preview next week because – we got another Thursday game next week, so we're you know our podcast comes out on Wednesday. We normally are kind of stuck in the middle of the week, trying to stuck on what we're going to talk about. But we'll we'll probably have back to back weeks of previewing these games for you. So we're excited about that. But uh, make sure you subscribe, tune in uh, to all the shows on the Blogging the Boys podcast feed. A uh, ton of different shows, ton of different voices, ton of different opinions. Just subscribe to Blogging the Boys on whatever podcast platform you use, and you'll find all our shows, uh, all of our voices on there. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We are Talking the Star.